Welcome to Mindset. My name is on the Stay Ready Real Estate Podcast, where we stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Occasionally on every Monday, I will sprinkle a little mindset episode so we can simulate our brains and understand the psychology of real estate. It's not that hard. Most of the time, we just need to do something. It's just the act of starting. So hope you enjoy. Like, subscribe if you like it. Have a good one. Neil, how are you? How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Looking forward to a great conversation. Oh, yeah. For, so for the audience, can you tell a little bit about you and what you do? Sure. Uh, I was born and raised in New York City. I hit every kid's exactor. I became first a police officer and then a fireman. Okay. I retired. I left the city. I moved to the country. And I took over multifamily investing and mindset. And mindset was the pillar that really knocked all the other dominoes down for me so that I could invest in multifamily so that I could leave my W-2. And now I'm looking to just spread that word of mindset and crushing your fears and using the strategies that I used in the police department and the fire department to help people make the conscious choice of crushing their lives so that they can do what they want to do. So you said you were a policeman and a fireman. Where did where did real estate come in that? Like, at what point did you know that real estate would be the thing that changed your life? So I needed a way, like most people, I needed a way out of the W-2. Okay. And real estate turned out to be that way. So I did what everybody else did. I jump online. I researched, like, how to make money outside of, like, the traditional W-2 way. Real estate was something that popped up. I had a couple of single families, so I knew a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. And I landed on multifamily. And multifamily is just the economies of scale and and everything that goes along with that. I really liked the fact that in commercial, the value of the property is deemed by the income the property creates. So you're yes, you are buying real estate, but you're really buying an income stream. And I get to control that income stream much more in the multifamily world than I do in the single family world. Okay. So you say you can control the income stream and you start off a single family, but hey, why not put all your money into stocks? Why didn't you just focus on that and just stick it into the, you know, Apples or the Teslas? I'm I'm so happy you asked me that question. As far as individual stocks, I'm not the, it doesn't resonate with me, right? The stock market resonates with some people. It doesn't resonate with me. I feel like I need to know each individual company on a more intimate basis. So I don't want to spend my bandwidth learning each company. As far as 401ks go, I'm an anti-401k guy. And I will, I'll tell you a quick story in a second. I think 401ks are really good for individuals that just kind of want to live that coasting life. They're not looking to increase their income. They're not looking to go out there and retire at the age of 30. And I'll tell you why. I had a 457, a 457 is very similar to a 401. It's just for public servants because I was a police officer and a fireman. Mm -hmm. I contributed to that 457 
with tax deferred status. And all that means is I'm not paying taxes right now on that money that I earned that I contributed to the 457. But later on down the road, those taxes will come due when I take my distributions. Okay. I was in a very low tax bracket when I was making $30,000 as a police officer in 1990, right? Now I'm in a very high tax bracket when I take those distributions. So over the course of my, my career, I took approximately $300,000 out of my pocket pre-taxed and I invested it into my 457. That grew to close to 700,000. But I now have a $300,000 tax liability when I accessed all those funds oh, wow. because I, I, I just ripped the Band-Aid off. I did it lump sum. So essentially, that money made, over the course of 25 years, that money made 100, and 100, 100 to 125000 somewhere in, in that area. The other reason why I don't like it is I'm not in control of that money. If that money's still tied to the stock market, if McDonald's gets a bad batch of beef and their stock goes down, my value goes down. If Russia invades Ukraine, my stock goes down. If COVID happens again, right? The stock market dropped to eight, 18,000, I believe. It, it dropped a lot, it dropped 30%. Even right now, my stock, my, my my value goes down, right? Like I was holding McDonald's at that time. McDonald's was roughly two fifteen. It dropped to one hundred and thirty five. By no other reason than what was going on in society. My real estate didn't drop by that much. My real estate didn't drop thirty percent over the the course of COVID. So I'm in much more control of that money. You, you're able to actually like control the asset. So like if you are the ones to control the deal, like asset manager, or property manager, just the way you manage that is a way to, to, you know, get more people to move in. I know people are still, people still need a place to stay. So no matter yes. what the market is doing, no matter what the economy is doing, someone needs a roof over their head. And typically speaking, they're renters that need to be an apartment if they can't afford a house. So that's that's why I think you what you're doing is so smart. Um, so you said you have a real estate portfolio and you're investing in real estate. Why should people listen to you? You know, what is your portfolio and what experience do you have? So I have 53 doors. I have a, a duplex here locally. I have 43 doors in a partnership in Pennsylvania, uh, a couple of hours from here. I have eight doors. Uh, that I brought, that's what I used the 457 for. I purchased eight doors outright down in Virginia Beach. Okay. So, why should you listen to me? So, you get ideas. That's, uh, I'm I'm not a professional like, uh, like uh, Jeff Soros or anybody like Jeff Bezos, Soros, Gates. I'm, I'm just a squirrel chasing a nut. That's, that's all I'm doing. But, you should listen to me because I've actually taken the steps, right. right? I've written that check. I liquidated that 457. I wrote that check. I brought those rents from 700 to 1100. I increased, I almost doubled the value of that property in the course of a little over 12 months. Right. So I'm out there actually taking the action 
And that's kind of why you should listen to me. Exactly. Don't take everything I say like as God's oath, but know that this can be done. Don't listen to your uncle that's saying, what are you doing? Investing in toilets and, and tenants, right? Tenants right. and toilets is, is the first thing people will say to you. You want to get that phone call three o'clock in the morning for a clogged toilet? What are you out of your mind? They're going to wreck your place. <laughs> How many doors do you own? You don't own any? Thank you so much for your concern. I'll take it from here. <laughs> exactly. I just made a reel about how people are taking advice from people who aren't in the space that they're in. And the, the example I gave is, you know, Messi just won the World Cup, but he's not getting advice from, you know, LeBron James or Barack I, Obama, you know, like he's getting advice from people who, you know, are at that level and who are actually played soccer. You know, yes. why are people, you know, focus on the news, you know, when Peter and Pat, you know, on the news channel seven, who said, don't buy real estate and they have, and they're renters who've never bought anything, you know? So mm -hmm. I think, uh, the reason to listen to you is because you have done it. And because you have done it, you've brought a certain mindset to continue to do it. Since I know you personally, we, you know, we've met in person, hung out, et cetera, et cetera. I know that you are constantly and actively still going and buying right now. What the what is the kind of mindset it takes for someone to take that next leap and to continue to not only trust the process but block out all the noise? Like, at what point in your life did you have a mindset switch to continue to keep going on an everyday basis? I I love block out all the noise. So when I was first starting, my mentor said to me, "You should go on a diet," and I'm like, "A diet, like." What are you talking about a diet? I'm a pretty trim guy. Like, I don't need a diet. He's like, no, a news diet. And I'm like, a news diet? What's a news diet? And he challenged me to not watch the news for 30 days. Okay. It was the best challenge I've ever taken in my entire life. Because the news is nothing but negativity. The world's on fire. The world's coming to an end. What's the next catastrophe that they can kind of sell? And... None of it happens, right? Like, I lived through 9-11. I lived through the 08 crash. I lived through um, COVID. And although all of those instances were bone-jarring, they were serious, the world did not come to an end. So whatever the news is out there portraying as the next big evil devil, you take it with a grain of salt. Right now it's interest rates, right? Interest rates are going through the roof. The Fed keeps raising the rate. Interest rates, interest rate. So just learn how to play the game at that higher interest rate. Do you have to bring more money to the table to buy the deal? And one of your listeners right now is saying, well, I don't have any money. Well, Go find the money. There's $2.2 trillion out there in circulation. <laughs> Go find a couple of hundred grand. Form partnerships with individuals. You bring market uh, knowledge and property management to the table, and maybe they bring the, the net worth or the cash, right? There's plenty of ways of getting into the game once you know how the game's played. I, I love 7% interest rates because it pushes out all of the people that are fearful of that, right? There's people not buying now because the interest rate's 7%. But in 12 months from now, what's the interest rate going to be? Mm -hmm. If it's 5%, I refinance. If it's 10%, I look like a hero. 
because I brought it 7%. Right? As long as the numbers of the deal work, that's what I'm really concerned about. Why do you think uh, not as many people are getting into the multifamily or real estate space? You think it is a mindset block or is they're just not educating themselves? I think, well, I think it's, it all comes down to mindset. Mindset's the one pillar. When my mentor, I went to my mentor to learn multifamily. And while he was teaching me multifamily, he taught me mindset. And mindset was the pillar that knocked all the other dominoes down. And what I mean by that is I started looking at the world differently, right? I started looking at money differently. I wasn't afraid of losing that money. It wasn't, money wasn't something that I had a God anymore and shove into my pillowcase and stuff under my mattress. Money was a tool, no different than a hammer or a nail or a screwdriver that's used to reach an objective. And once I started looking as, at it as money is a tool, it like knocked down a whole bunch of walls that were around me. And I started going out and I started forming partnerships. I started speaking to individuals that had more knowledge than me. I started putting myself in the right room. And as you do that, all of those limiting beliefs start melting away. And that that's really the best way of starting. The best way of starting is, is to build out your education by listening to podcasts, watching videos, reading books, taking courses, build out that educational base so that you can carry on conversations with individuals as you meet them and then build those relationships with those individuals that you meet, build out those relationships. And by taking that simple action, things will start falling into place. You'll take an action. I'll, I'll give you a quick example. My son and I, my son wanted to go skydiving for his 18th birthday, so I take him skydiving, Right. We ended up flying a helicopter that same day. We never left the house thinking we were going to fly a helicopter. It was never on our radar of something to do. We had four or five hours to waste between our flight back home and the end of skydiving. So like, what are we going to do? And we found this place that literally gave us a helicopter lesson. And my son was flying a helicopter. He would have never got that experience of flying that helicopter if we didn't take the action of saying, you know what, we're going to go skydiving. It's not something that's out of our realm. It's not something that we can't afford. It's not something that we're not going to do. Because in the past, I would have said that. I would have said, you know what, skydiving is a little expensive. It's November. It's cold up here in the Northeast. We actually flew down to Florida to do it. So when you add up the, the expense of the flight and the hotel room and the skydiving itself and and all of it, a few years ago, I would have thought to myself, oh, I, I can't do this. This is this is too expensive. And if I didn't take that action, my son would have never flew a helicopter. And now he's thinking about going and getting his pilot license oh, wow. to actually fly helicopters, which is really cool. But we would have never will you say stumble upon that helicopter if we didn't take that initial action of skydiving? So when you take that initial action of going to a meeting, a meetup, you never know what's going to happen, right? I, uh, I used to hold meetups here locally in town, and I had a gentleman that, that tell, told me the story. 
he's sitting at the traffic light. And if he makes a left-hand turn, he's going to go home. But if he goes straight for another 40 minutes, he's going to arrive at the meeting. And he decided to go straight. And when he made that decision, that was the domino that set off. He found the contractor at my meetup that he's now partners with. He, he is the contractor for the business. He found a finance, somebody that does private money lending there. And he decided that he was going to go into multifamily also because this guy was a flipper. He decided he was going to start expanding his portfolio into multifamily. All because he decided to go straight instead of make that left-hand turn. How many of us would have made that left-hand turn after a long day at work? The best thing about everything you said so far is you're not Superman. You're not Iron Man. You're you're not. You're just you're just like me. You know. Yep. Person with two eyes, nose, mouth, heart, and a beating heart. Anyone can do it. It's just a matter of making that first step, and it's a mindset, like you said. And one thing I also want to touch on is you said it was between a left turn and keeping straight. And since you kept straight, I would argue driving straight was that momentum. Can you talk to us about momentum and just how powerful that momentum is? Momentum's amazing. As you, as you, so I treat momentum in, in anything, right? Momentum in your W2, momentum in changing the choices that you're making, momentum in whatever endeavor you decide to take upon. It's just like pushing a car. When you have a car that you have to push you up this to the side of the road because it broke down in the middle of the road. I, I grew up in the 70s, so I drove a lot of cars that would break down in the middle of the road. So I, I have a lot of experience in pushing cars. But when you get behind your car right now and you try and push it, it's hard. The car weighs uh, a ton. And it's hard to get that car to start rolling. And you're grunting and you're groaning and you're pushing on it and you're turning red in the face because you, you're expelling so much energy. But as that car starts rolling down the street, all of a sudden you're running behind it and you're barely pushing the car. The car is just rolling. It's just going. It has its momentum. The same thing happens in life. The same thing happens as you're starting, whether you use a morning routine or not. However you start getting that momentum, if you want to become a marathon runner, right? I want to, I want to become healthier, so I want to run more. But I'm not a runner, so how do I start running? How do I build that momentum to start running? I simply take my running shoes and I put them by the front door. And that's it. You break it down to the very basic item. Put my running shoes by the front door and that's day one. Day two, I put my running shoes on and then take them off. Day three, I put my running shoes on and I walk outside. And you gradually continue to build that up because you're building that habit. What I found with me is I was taking a lot of actions, but I wasn't building a lot of habits. And once I started building the habit, once I started shifting my identity and actually building the habit, and the habit is just the action taken consistently day after day after day after day it almost can get monotonous 
But that's the difference between action and habit. In those habits, you're taking those actions on a very consistent basis. And as you take those actions, as I put my sh running shoes at the front door, and then I put them on, and then I walk outside, then I walk to the corner, then I run to the corner and I walk to the next corner. As I start taking those very consistent actions, they turn into habits and then that becomes my lifestyle. And now it's it's not hard to go out and walk around the block or, or take a lap around the block because that's just what I do because I built that habit. And that change that happened happened very slowly, right? Remember, we just laid our sneakers out. That was it. Then we put them on. That was it. So our mind couldn't interfere with us because we, we were very gradually taking those actions and turning them into habits. And like me and my friend Ty say is just be 1% better every day. 1% is not a big number, right? But after one year, you've gotten 365% better. Yes. Progress, momentum. So we're going to move on to the next part of the show where I ask the same three questions. Are you ready? Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Um, you recommend two books for the aspiring investor, multifamily specifically. What would you recommend? Two books, multifamily specific. Wheelbarrow of Profits, hands down. It's the book I started with. It's the group I joined. And I'm very, like, the Jake Gino community has done amazing things in the real estate world and for me specifically. So that was my gateway book to multifamily investing. I would do that one. And I would actually do, I like Joe Fairless's apartment syndication book. Oh yeah. Show uh, the best ever apartment right syndication there? book. Best oh. ever apartment syndication book. I have mine somewhere around here. I think it might be in the kitchen, but it's a great book. It's a great step-by-step -step book. I love it, it. It's yes. That's what I really liked about it. It gives you really granular information. If you're looking to go the syndication way, those are my two. Okay. Um, second question. What is the most impactful speech or lesson that you got from a mentor? And how did that uh, correlate to your investing career? When my mentor introduced me to mindset, we were just sitting across the table from each other. He said to me, he said, listen, if I said to you, why'd you put your phone there? Because my phone was laying on the table. Why'd you put your phone there? I could perceive that as he's being rude and obnoxious. And what do you mean? You don't like my phone on the table. Like, what's wrong with that? Or I could take it that he was protecting my phone because it was close to the glass of water that could have tipped over and spilt on that phone and destroyed my phone. So it's in how I perceived that message that was being sent to me. And I had asked him a question, and that was the exact example he gave me. He said, it, it's all about how you perceive things. And you, this is the beauty of it, you are in charge of how you receive the information. You get to make that choice. So I can make the choice that he's being rude and obnoxious when he makes that comment, or he, I can make the choice that he's watching out for me. And that's all on me in how I perceive the world. And that led to a book, Energy Leadership by Bruce Schneider, that talks about the seven levels of perception. And that was the turning point 
for me. So I would say that was the most important conversation I've had with a mentor. Okay, I'll definitely put that book in the show notes as well. Final question. If you can have dinner for one hour with anyone in the world, dead or alive, oh man, who would it be? That's a hard one. Holy cow. Who would it? I'm going to go with the first. I, I got to go with the, the first guy that, that popped into my mind, and that's Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Why? Um, I, I just, I think that he, he presided over the country in a very uh, turbulent time, right? Like nobody will debate that. And he carried himself with, with poise, poise and just, he kind of did what was right and what he felt was right. He was, in my opinion, he was a true leader because he did what he believed was best for the country. And he didn't just act in what I feel politicians acting today, just out for themselves. So I would say that I would I would sit down and Abraham Lincoln. That would be interesting. Now, how can the audience reach out to you and how can they provide value to you? They can reach out to me right through email, Neil, N-E-I-L, at Neil Shep, S-C-H-O-E-P-P. Dot com. So Neil at NeilShep.com. I'm on Facebook. They can reach out to me. Uh, send me a instant message on Facebook, a Facebook message. Uh, I reply to everything. There's no VAs involved. It's it's me. So I'm the the, the front, the face of the company, and the, the individual that you're actually talking to. Well, thanks for coming to the show. Until next time. That was Neil, everybody. Even on Mindset Money, I'll still give you three actionable steps that you can do today to get 1% closer to buying some real estate. Number one, write down all the reasons you think that you cannot buy a property in 2024. After you get done writing that, I want you to write down reasons that you can figure out which one's more powerful and what's going to stop you from getting to your goals and just figure out how to combat it. Number two, where is your money going? Write down your income and expenses and figure out what expenses that you don't like, that you don't use, those monthly charges. Figure out what you can get rid of and allocate that into real estate education, books, mentorships, masterminds, anything that you can think of that you think that you will get closer to your goal every day. Can't think of anything? Listen to the podcast and learn a couple more reasons. And the last thing, use all your little wins as momentums. Whenever I want to clean, whenever I want to do something, I, I start off with a small step. My small steps are going to help me get to my bigger steps and my bigger goals. You want to work out, put your shoes and your clothes out the day before. So when you wake up, it's not something you have to go get ready to do because it's already ready. You can get going to do it. Use those little habits in order to get you closer to your goals every day. Hope you like this podcast. Like and subscribe. Hope to see you next time. Have a good one.